Does the thought of investing in properties overseas ever cross your mind? Why haven't you done it if the yields can be higher than what Singapore properties offer? Is it because they are harder to research and understand? Or is it because you don't know the areas well and there might be currency risk? If you've ever thought of these questions and keen to learn more, this episode is for you. I want to give a special shout out to our Instagram page. If you have yet to follow us there, what are you waiting for? Follow our cute little coconut for great reminders, content snippets, and great vibes to perfume your day. We know you'll love it as we expand our ecosystem to journey with you every step along the way. So come on to the Financial Coconut Instagram page now. Tag us whenever you see some interesting stuff. Help grow our community together. Link is in the description below. Welcome back to another day on Coconut Avenue. Join us as we explore various property insights, investment strategies, and challenging property myths out there today. We'll be bringing on investors and experts in the game to share with us their insights and stories to better prepare us for our journey. Whether you're looking at your first property or building a bucket of gold through properties, there's something for you here. Ultimately, it's about helping you find your unique game plan. Today, we'll go in depth about the ups and downs you should know in investing in the Australian property market. We are joined by Keith, who is the co-founder of Real Vantage, a shared funding investment arm that invests in properties in the UK, US, Australia, and most recently, Singapore. Let's begin. So Keith, why are Australian properties one of your key markets? Well, Australia is a market um, that um, we like for a few key reasons. Right? Number one, um, yes, very strong rule of law. What we mean by this is the land laws, the contract laws are very clear. Uh, they, they follow um, the Singapore law, uh, the torrent system as you call it. Um, so that's very important. So when we invest, we need to go in a country with um, strong regulations and rule of law. Yeah. Number two, it's a market that has been very resilient. Mm. An economy has been doing well before the COVID for the last uh, 20 years has never been in a recession. So the economy has proven itself to be very resilient. There are a number of key industries that does very well. You might have heard that as the mining industry, uh, the resources, uh, and that really drives the economy. Um, so you would like to invest in an economy that is growing, yeah. and they have consistently grown. So yeah. that's what we like. Third thing in the real estate market space, it hasn't uh, been as euphoric as some of the Asian markets. Yeah. You don't hear yields of uh, 2, 3, 4% kind in, in Australia. People are more sensible on, yeah. on when they buy. So capital values haven't been shot up through the roof yet. And it's uh, in line with the economic growth. Yeah. I think that's important to okay. note. Yeah. So that's why these are the few key reasons we like Australia. So right. there hasn't been a real sense of a bubble or things like exactly, that? Exactly, exactly. You know, it's important that uh, we go into markets that... Um, the real estate prices go along with the strength of the economy, the growth of the economy. Mm. You know, you don't want a situation where it far exceeds how the economy is doing. Like sometimes what you hear here, here in Singapore, right? Yeah. can be quite scary. Yeah. yeah. Then the risk will increase. Then you wouldn't know how to right, right. really proportion And then you can hear, um, the government actually knows this. So um, once they hear things like that happen, yeah. they start having measures. Mm. Like in Singapore, you hear of the stamp duty measures. Yeah. Right? That is meant to curb a bubble, real bubble from happening. Yes. Right? Um, because people tend to be um, not very rational uh, when yeah. it comes to real estate. Just buy, okay, buy, buy, buy. And then after that, oh, you know, can you service the loan? You know, mm. uh, things like that will come in. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
you mentioned point number two that you know their market has been very consistently mm. growing, no recession. Mm. But is it because you know they have close relations with uh, China? China, a lot of China people go there and invest. Mm. You know, if this is the case, right? Then what will happen if they are having more conflicts? Like recently, mm. you know, they have conflicts. Mm. Would that change the market in a significant way? Mm. I I think that's a, that's a very good good question. Not just not just in Australia, but anywhere around the world. Trade tensions will be there, and uh, Australia recently um, has <laughs> it has been very vocal about China. Yes, yes. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, yes, yes, dampen the demand. Yeah. But I do think it's it's a healthy correction to some mm. extent. We hear of Melbourne house prices shooting through the roof, and there's a lot of um, Chinese demand that have have done that previously yeah. the last yeah. uh, one two years. Mm. And um, if you speak to the local Australians, they were like. They were totally baffled. Yeah. How come we jump up so much the yes, prices? Yes, you know? Yeah. And and they obviously are a bit unhappy. Yes. Because you price the local out. Yeah. Right? Similar to what you see in Singapore, there's a hefty stamp duty for foreigners. They also have. How much is uh, so it varies from state to state. So yeah. for example, in Perth it's eight percent, mm. in Sydney it's twelve percent. This is in addition to the standard stamp duty that all everyone pays. Yeah. Okay. So my point going back to this is yes, you know it has uh, dampened demand, yeah. but I think it's a more sustainable trajectory now. Mm. Yeah, um, but Australians honestly they are pretty practical-minded people. Yeah, a lot of rhetoric about oh, you know they don't like what China is doing and da da da. By the end of the day, they also want China. It's a yeah. big trading partner, a big yeah. consumer of so many things that they sell: yes. agriculture, wine, beef, everything. wine. A lot of producers in their country are hurting, you know. Yeah. Can you imagine? You think they're going to shut the doors and, and not trade in China? I mm. don't think so. La. They're not yeah, yeah. that dumb, la, to be honest. Yeah. It's not practical, that <laughs> move. Yeah. So the politicians, you know, obviously, they have to. It's a balanced game. Politicians balance the local demand, the wants and needs, right? But at the same time, you know, I need to create jobs. Yeah. Right? I need to drive the economy forward. So, you know. I think they will be sensible. So in the long term, you think that, okay, this is not going to be a major problem. Yeah, I don't think it will be a major problem. Okay. Yeah, understood, understood. So let's say for me, I have worked a few years in Singapore, I have money, and I mm. want to invest in Australia. Mm. What are the major metrics that you think I should look out for when I invest in Australian properties? Mm. On a personal basis, whether you go and buy a condo unit or you buy a townhouse or landed, first be very clear about number one, um, the location where you're going into. Yeah. Be very clear that there is a um, rental market for you. Right? Yes. Don't be mistaken by going into the city. You know, A lot of people think that, oh, a buy straight into the city is fantastic. Mm. Not true. In the city itself, sometimes cannot rent. Uh. Yeah. Why? Why in the city? Yeah. Because the locals don't like to stay in the city. Oh. They want to stay outside of the city. The nature place, la, the beach. Yeah, yeah they want to stay, they want to be near but not so near. So yeah. you think, wow, buying an apartment in you know, the heart of Sydney, wow, very good. But yes and no. So you firstly understand that the local demand, where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Second thing, uh, be clear about, obviously, the uh, tax exposure. Mm. Australia does have a quite a punitive uh, tax regime. Yeah. There's a capital gains tax of 30%. Okay. And once you divest your asset as a foreigner, you, mm. as a, for residential, right? Yeah. You cannot divest to another foreigner. You must sell to a local. Oh, because okay. the logic is very simple. They say, foreigners who come here must buy new. Yes. Cannot buy resale. 
Yeah. Yeah. So same thing when you want to sell next time, right? You have to sell it to a local. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. Third thing also, just to be very clear, what's the currency we are at? You know, because if your home currency is in Sing dollars, mm. you're wasting in Australia. Yeah. Um. But now actually it's in our favor. In our favor, the Australian dollar is on parity or most parity in Singapore. Yeah. So it's in our favor. Yeah. Yeah. So be clear what kind of FX exposure you may have made a lot of money on your property, but you lose on the FX. Mm. Uh, okay. So these are the few things to look out for. Then what what do you do to your properties to increase your properties, or what can people do? Let's say they buy already, right? They want to increase mm. their yield. Mm. What are the things that they can do? <laughs> um, it's a sector you're play, you're playing in. Uh, to be honest, I mean residential. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. You know, an apartment is an apartment, right? Mm. Some people like to toy with the concept of what you call co-living. Yeah. You break it up into five different rooms and you lease it out room by room. Yeah. The sum of parts gives mm. you better returns. Yeah. That's one way you can do it. But it's measurement intensive. Yes. So you got to have somebody to look after it for you. Mm. Right? Making sure every single out of your five tenants, everyone pays, rents on time, something breaks down in his room, you got to get it fixed and things like that, right? Um, so residential is to some extent pretty limited but yeah. where Real Vantage does is we, we look at it not just in residential space we look even in retail space yeah. like shopping centres shopping centres has a lot more latitude in how we can enhance the asset yeah. it could be simply breaking up a shop into two changing the tenants mm. into higher paying rents yeah. um, improving on the facade and enhancing it to draw more crowd into it yeah. or even developing a section of the shopping centre they can yield better returns. Yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. So we do all this to show a better way we milk the assets as hard as we can. Uh, yeah. 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 So that's what we do. Right? Like how Capital Land bought over boogies and exactly, then just Exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. You, we call it, technical term is uh, Asset Enhancement Initiative, like yeah. AEI for short. AI, yeah, yeah. That's what we do. We think very hard about it. We look at an asset and we ask ourselves, hey, can we enhance this further? Mm. How do we derive more income? Yeah. Sometimes it could be as simple as managing the operating expenses. Sometimes, yeah. you know, we, we look at operating expenses of a shopping centre, it's not optimal, yeah. uh, a lot of wastage. Yeah? That's what we do to mini- minimise it and then ultimately gets better returns. Uh, yeah, because the cost is brought down. Uh. Exactly, yeah. Mm. But you mentioned, you know, investing in the city area mm. is not that good because the locals might want to stay in suburban areas. Mm. But what if they invest in city areas and they want to attract expats or like foreign students, things mm. like that? Mm. Would that make sense? Well, you know, um, that that is a strategy that some people do 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 take on. I mm. mean, it's it's also um, it's important to understand also that uh, the student accommodation market is a market by itself. Yeah. Uh, what we mean is there are purpose-built student accommodations to cater to these people. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, and if you are a student, let's say studying in Sydney, right? Yeah. You would like to congregate with other students, lah. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Certainly, um, you must understand the competition out there, lah. So you must know that okay, there are certain people there who always gravitate to those type of uh, facilities, lah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly in 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 the the, the city itself, I think uh, uh, if if you really want to try to enhance your asset, to think about working with some corporate tenants who. Uh, are able to give you a, a good uh, sort of uh, security over the uh, the lease, right? Mm. So uh, work with certain companies that, okay, I'll, 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 you, you have, let's say, a number of apartments. Yeah. 
you tie up with them and you give them a slight discount. But at least every time they got expect coming in, right, they'll, they'll rent it from you. Mm. So that's one other way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's important to be clear about where is your property and, and what kind of attraction that you, you have on your own property itself. Because different property has different uh, yeah. demands and likes and dislikes. And you have to play with different strategies. Correct, 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 correct. Yeah. So you've got to understand where is it within the sub-market uh, yeah, that you yeah, play yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. So some of them like uh, located within... Um, tech companies, right? Yeah. Uh, then you, you might have to see how you can tie up these tech companies to rent out your apartments and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because yeah. Yeah. I also came back from Australia. Two All and a right. half years, I stayed in student accommodation. Right. So I get what you mean by, you know, yeah. the student accommodation might not be a big market because a, a big chunk of them might be in student accommodation. Yeah, yeah. That's a sector that we look at also quite actively. Yeah. Uh, we are about to tie up with somebody very prominent in UK. Um, who specialize in student competition, purpose-built student competition. Yeah. So we would uh, invest into a fund of this. Mm. Um, then they will take the money and build student competitions. Yeah. Yeah. So these guys um, will go and source a nice piece of land, then they will go and put it together, they get the contractors in, they build a student competition. Yeah. But they build it like um, in those first tier or second tier unis? Uh, yeah, they always go for the key cities where every university has a certain student population. Uh, mm. Yeah, okay, that's okay. important. Yeah. So those are the metrics they look out for. Yeah, and to proximity to the university. Uh, that's also important. Proximity to retail amenities because students need to eat and all that stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, supermarket, shops, all that nearby. Yeah. Uh, proximity to transportation links and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned a, a lot of uh, doing our own research. Let's say we want to find out are there demand in this particular Australian mm. place? Mm. You know, what's the you? Mm. But as mm. a Singaporean, let's say, yeah, I want to buy, which mm. website or which place can I get all this research? Because I totally don't know anything about it. Yeah, true. That. I think that's where um, uh, for the layman, it's very challenging. Yeah, right? yeah. For, for us, we, yes, apart from getting things off the internet, we also do have paid subscription mm. for uh, proprietary data. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the bigger uh, property consultancies like CBRE, JL, they have uh, published uh, information on a monthly basis which yeah. you subscribe to. Mm. It shows you uh, prices for houses, rentals for shopping centres, rentals for industrial properties, um, right down to the granular details like which location, yeah. uh, you know, um, what, what kind of rents they get. So we, we rely on all this as well. You know, to to help us to do proper due diligence uh, mm. on the asset, yeah, um, and also we um, rely on local contacts. We have a strong network of people on the ground, yeah, that we talk to. Because through our years of investing in Australia, we have built a strong network. Uh. Yeah, uh, certain things they won't write it on the internet. Uh, they won't. Yeah, yeah you need yeah. to need a local guy to to tell you. Yeah, whether what are the nuances of the area. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. So that's so, where we we have la, Yeah. 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 So I think research is certainly very important. So be very clear about when you enter into property, what is the possible rental you can achieve? Yeah. Uh, where are you in terms of the price that you're buying? You know, what I mean is, for example, in Singapore, high-end residential averaging 2,000 to per square foot. You yeah. won't be going to pay 4,000 per square foot. Like, yes, you yes. look silly. Yeah. Right. So make sure you understand all these things, you know. Yeah. Um, and if if what is the rental that you can achieve on a monthly basis and also understand what are the fees and taxes you need to pay to the local authorities, property tax, how you calculate, uh, any uh, local council tax you need to pay, 
land tax, so on and so forth. Understand all this because all this affects your numbers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, but like what you have mentioned, uh, now it's just I feel like even if I have all this research done, right, I still need to find an agent or someone who really knows the market. Exactly. It's not possible I go and find like someone from Propnex. Hey, I want to buy a property in Australia. You don't even know. Yeah. Coconuts, if you're someone who wants to learn how to pick stocks to make passive income, this is for you. Fifth Person has created a dividend investing program that teaches you how to invest for income while avoiding the companies that will go bankrupt. Thousands of people have already taken their program and are getting between 8 to 12% each year. They've just opened up a whole new intake and if you sign up through us, you'll be getting access to our members back end too, which is focused on the very thing you're interested in, investing. Learn more at thefinancialcoconut.com slash dividend. That's thefinancialcoconut.com slash dividend. Link is in the description below. In Singapore, there's this uh, minimum holding period. Sure. Otherwise, you have to pay more tax, right? It's three years, 12%. But yeah. in Australia, is there such a tax? There isn't such a tax. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you can flip in, it. Yeah, you go. can flip it, um, but it... You've got to be realistic la, whether you can yeah. flip it so fast. It goes la. back okay. to your timetable. Correct. Yeah. You see, don't forget when you buy a property, right? Mm. there is transaction cost involved. What yeah. I mean is this, you have your stamp duty to pay, mm. which is now for foreigners going in, you pay another 12%, for example. Yeah. Lawyer's fee, uh, getting the banks to come in, there's some fee involved to pay, all this adds up. So straight away, your, your price really, it's higher, right? Yeah. yeah. So you need a while to let the market Run up, churn it, yeah. Yeah, and then you exit. And going back to your question, Australia they don't have a minimum holding period. Yeah, you just have to grapple with capital gains tax. Uh. Mm. If you make a gain at the yeah. end of your, and then you sell. You mentioned thirty percent, right? 30%, just now. Yeah. Yeah. So all these in between things you have to look after. Uh. So for us in Real Vantage, we look after everything. So our investors also get a quarterly report on how their asset is performing. Yeah. Yeah, we tell them, okay, what's the occupancy rate? What's the rental rates we have achieved? Uh, how is the investment doing? Um, when's your distribution coming in? All this is listed to them. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Distribution means when's your rental coming in. So we pay our rentals on a quarterly basis. Yeah. Every time we collect, we pay them or our investors on a quarterly yeah. basis. Over your past years of investing in Australia, right? when you see Singaporeans or any people investing in Australia, what are the fatal assumptions you know, that they make or the risks that they take, unnecessary risks that they take in the, in the market? Well, um, they don't factor in all the costs associated with the investment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think a lot of the layman investors don't understand the tax implication. Even on a rental basis, you still have to pay tax. Wow. And then on the, at the end, when you exit the capital gains tax, in between your day, you have to pay income tax as well. Wow. So all this eats up. Then they realise, hey, actually not worth the effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Right, it may be yielding, let's say, 5%, but then 30% goes off to tax. Mm. Yeah. So uh, the income tax every month, the rental also 30%. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Okay, All okay. these, they, they don't really factor in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one thing. And obviously... Um, all the transaction-related costs, they, don't, they probably uh, know a little bit but don't know fully the extent of it. Uh, you know? yeah. So, for example, agents, how much it costs to yes. get an agent to come in, mm. all this. All these little things here add up and eat away your profit. Uh, I think yeah. that's what most people don't, don't factor in yeah. um, in, in Australia. Uh, I think that's important that you be clear about that. And yeah. um, also... Um, just market knowledge, uh, just limited market knowledge because uh, we, we go with a mindset of, oh, 
we buy an apartment in Singapore, Orchard Road. Okay, we yeah. buy one in Sydney, in the heart of the city. Sure, make money also. Yeah. Wow, can't go wrong in the city, but yeah. it may not yield as strong. So you can't replicate across countries. Yeah, the correct. Strategy. Yeah. So that's why the local knowledge and research is important. Uh. Understand yeah. the market, understand the dynamics of it. Also, very important is know who you are buying from, the developer, mm. track record, quality of products. So that very important. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I think one thing that you mentioned. You know, that was really significant was they don't calculate the numbers properly. So like what yeah. you mentioned, let's say we go back to the example, 12% tax yeah. plus all the lawyer fee, agent fee, bank fee, let's say we add up to 15%. Yeah. So when you buy already, you're losing 15%. Right? Exactly, you're you down. Pay to, the, to the government. Yeah. And then every month, you have to pay 30% of your rent back to the government. Yeah. And then when you sell, you need to pay 30% of your gains back to the government. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not making maybe at least... 20 something 30% then you are just breaking even precisely yeah yeah in broad sense uh, you're right yeah yeah. so people don't factor in before, because, because for us when we, when we invest in a project uh, we, we done our computations every year we look at what will be the projections every year yeah so we look at the rental whether we can move up the rental every year by 5% 8% we ask ourselves that you know all these have to be mapped out yes then only at the end you calculate oh do I make money out of this asset yeah. yeah, but personally, a lot of people don't do that. La. Just buy a nice apartment in Sydney. Okay, yeah. just buy. La. If they have a full-time job here or business, yeah. they, it looks good. Care, yeah. okay, it does different things. La. Sometimes it's not just purely investment. It's just for sentimental reasons yeah. or just just uh, just buying something uh, that, yeah. that you, you want. Yeah. Yeah. You just have a stake in that, that country. Okay, that's fine. That's yeah. a different... But ours is purely investment game. Yes, yes. Um, no sentiments here. Yeah. You know, yeah. We don't think because we, well, we love this asset right heart in the heart of Melbourne mm. it doesn't make money it doesn't make money move on let's go <laughs> it's like that one yep, so yep. for us it's a pure numbers game put yep. it this way so we've got to be very clear about so everything that. is tuned to to max out the investment now. of course we're of course. not just doing it yeah. for fun yeah we are, we are yeah, of course we are here to um, make money for investors yeah. we are not here to buy nice properties that our investors might like mm. it might be a gleaming asset or shining asset but it doesn't make money, then what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Because when I was in Australia, the yeah. Melbourne, right? I went to Melbourne, stayed in the Airbnb. So I talked to the middleman. She said that this owner has uh, over 10 plus properties in Melbourne and she just manages the Airbnb. Oh. That's how they make money. I don't know how much they can make. La. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's important to work out the sums. La. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. La. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Mm. If Singaporeans invest in Australia, how worried should they be about the currency fluctuation. Yeah, I think it's a very good point. You know, because um, I think last time a few years ago one point three. Yeah. Then now it's one or zero point nine yeah. something. I think when you were studying there, it's one point three, right? Yeah, uh, around there. Yeah, same. When I was investing five years ago, it's one point three. Yeah, it's important to understand the FX fluctuations or the historical movements. Uh, right. When I was studying in UK, it was two point five. You know. Yeah. Uh, to one sing dollar. Mm. Uh, two point five sing dollar. To 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 one pound. Yeah. yeah. Now it's uh, 1.8. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. During Brexit time, was as low as 1.6. No. Mm. Yeah. So I think um, go with a mindset of understanding where you are in the fluctuations of the currency. Yeah. Be clear about how that goes. Yeah. No, we're not FX traders, lah. We, yes, we don't. We can't, yeah. We, we can't predict. So yeah. yeah. This is a risk. You need to understand. Okay, if the currency is not in your favor. Mm then uh, you must be prepared to hold it in that currency. La, because only returns that come in la, will be in that currency. La. Yes. So if 
you like, oh, sell out a property, make a lot of money in Australian dollar. You got two million Australian dollar. Just keep it there first. Uh. Just wait out. Uh, then continue to invest. Mm. Uh, okay. Because I think if you invest, continue to invest, in time to come, the currency will be in your favor. Yes. Right? Then you still make money. Uh. Yeah. Okay. That's a yeah. good strategy. Yeah. So, um, you know, be, um, be cognizant of how the currency movements are. Yeah. And, and going accordingly. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, Keith, what you have mentioned throughout, you know, we need a lot of research about the local context, about the asset, about the demand, and all these different taxes and currency fluctuation. It sounds like a lot of things. But at the same time, you know, maybe some people are interested in the you. How, how would you tell someone who is a bit scared of all this research but still wants to hire you? Should they just invest in Singapore? Or once they've done their research, you know, they can invest in Australia? Oh, I see. Well, I, I think when one is investing overseas, like I said, um, you must do your own homework. Ah. You need to know what I mentioned, understand the market, understand the tax implications, understand the, the local practices, uh, find the local operatives who can look after your asset for you. Yes. All these are very important things. Ah, yeah. right? But at the same time, to make it easy for everybody, you can also invest in Real Vantage. Ah. Real Vantage does all this for you. Right? The key is whether you can trust the platform. Yeah. Right, uh, and how you trust the platform uh, is really based on their track record, mm. how well they've done, what kind of returns they've achieved. All these are very important, and yeah. more importantly, the team behind it. Yeah, you must know the team uh, has done real estate investing or real estate private equity investing, as we call it, uh, and they have uh, been in this business for a long time. Mm. So that's important. Right? Yeah, um, but well, are there other companies also, no? or you know, in this area, you guys are the best. <laughs> well, we won't we 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 won't profess we are the best, lah. Yeah. Okay, but um, in this space uh, where we target accredited investors, I don't see many players out there. Mm. At least the the strength of the team is not as deep, or the experience is not as wide as us, lah. I can say that for sure. Yeah. Right. Other other platforms out there uh, may do similar things, but when you look at the team dynamics behind it. Um, I don't think they have the experience or the execution ability like we have. Yeah. Okay. Singapore always solid market to invest in. Mm. I mean, but um, like I said, Singapore is a quite a speculative market, you know, because you is nothing, next to nothing. Mm. Uh, so very important when you invest in a speculative market, you must have holding power. Yeah. Okay, because your you cannot cover your interest. Yes, yes. Your interest payment. Mm. Or maybe just nice cover, depends how much loan you take, right? Yeah. Right, you take seventy percent, eighty percent. Ah, I can I can assure you, your rental cannot cover yeah. your your interest payment. So what I'm trying to say is, that, okay, but you hope that okay, you buy a thousand five per square foot, I can sell it for two thousand per square foot in five years time or two years time, whatever. Yeah. So you must have holding power, lah. You don't buy it, then oh, you cannot service the loan, then it's tough. Then you yeah. get a lot of stress. Yeah. Right. So Singapore is a market that's very resilient. Uh, personally, also I invest in Singapore. Uh, but like I said, um, don't be too aggressive on what you're paying uh, and make sure you have the holding power because sometimes exit not easy to time. Uh. Yeah. And not you mentioned time. the yeah. most significant indicator for the exit is the market cycle. Yes, supply yes, demand. yes, yes. yes, yes, is, yes, the, yes. is it the URA supply and demand charts? Yeah. It's, it's, if you look through, now cycles are very different right? <laughs> from the last time. Last time, you know, there's uh, quite quite certain pattern. Uh. Yeah. Every 10 years, there's one jump. Uh. Yeah. Uh, 2000 and uh, 1996 there's one spike you know, after that uh, 2006 there's spike 
you know, then after that, but the subprime happened, and everything, boom, dropped. Then it went back up again so mm. fast, you know, 2010 went back up, 2010 went out. Yeah. Then, okay, you know, then now COVID, we think will drop. Yeah. It really drop. Right. Everyone buying. <laughs> Cannot holiday, everyone chop. So cycles are very different nowadays uh, yeah. compared to last time there's a, can sort of tell like a pattern. Now cannot really. Mm. Yeah. So even more, you must be uh, clear about your finances and be able to hold. Uh, yeah. Right? Holding powers. Right? Real estate is very, very, very lumpy. It cannot sell overnight immediately. Uh. Yeah. Right. So remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You because when you want to sell overnight immediately, you have to take a haircut. Uh. Fire sale. So, uh. Sometimes big haircut. Yeah. Yeah. So be ready for that. Uh. So you are telling you know people who are investing not just in Singapore everywhere they have to have the long term mindset lah. Not oh, like three course. years. I want to sell already. Cannot, uh. Yeah. Real estate is not the type lah. Yeah. 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 Fundamentally, what drives real estate is the economic performance of the country. Mm. Uh, so certain emerging markets are very strong, like here, Vietnam, Myanmar, that, wow, Cambodia, real estate prices have gone up a lot because those are burgeoning economies. Yeah. But there lies the, the certain risks involved in those countries. Yes. So you've got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think like a lot of um, big companies coming here to set up their headquarters like Zoom, Alibaba, will increase the about property prices here by a lot? Well, I wouldn't say it would increase property prices by a lot. It would certainly um, help in the demand for real estate, right? Uh, Singapore is a very open econ- mm. economy, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah. You have a lot of MNCs coming here to set up shop, like what you mentioned. Uh, and they come in, they have to find a place for the expats to stay. Yeah. The expats have to go to restaurants to eat. You know, so rentals for retail also go up, you know. I mean, so those are multiplier effect, uh, which is excellent uh, for us, you know. Singapore prides itself as having a very open economy. We attract the best talents from around the world and we continue to do so, which is excellent, you know. Yeah. So that will add strength to the Singapore economy. Mm. Uh, and and uh, that's why we, we personally, I'm so very confident in the Singapore economy and, and real estate prices. But bear in mind that prices cannot run ahead of the economy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's scary if that, that happens, you know. But the COVID years, yeah. say example. When, when it runs ahead of our economy, uh, that's when um, you might pay uh, over and above what's the right price for the asset. Yeah. Uh, then when it comes off, you'll be hit. La. Or you cannot sell at, at a profit. Yeah. yeah. So Keith went through with, with us about the uh, ins and outs about Australia investing. I had a better understanding of investing in Australia, what are the risks to look out for and what are the types of research that I should do and also a little bit about Singapore properties as well. So, thank you, Keith. Okay, uh, thanks very much, Troy, for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to tune in. I hope you have learned a little bit more about property investing today. If you feel like you've benefited from this podcast, do share this with your loved ones and also do follow us on all our socials and join our community telegram group and tell us what you're interested to know about next. Everything is in the description below. Have a great day, hey guys. And always remember, when we are better prepared, the next opportunity is just around the corner. See you next week. I used to think that it's not that hard to invest in overseas property. It's just the same, similar as Singapore Just do some research like what you do in Singapore and you're good. But after talking to Keith, I realized that is not the case. In Singapore, all the information is carefully categorized. If you want to find them, you just have to subscribe to certain real estate research platforms and get it. If you devote yourself to studying it for a few weeks or months, 
you can probably get a very good grasp. But for overseas, it's not that straightforward. Besides, in Singapore, you can easily drive around the area and compare it to the URA master plan and you have a pretty good idea you know, whether this place is going to develop or not. But if you want to invest in Australian properties, it's so hard, you know, you want to fly down there to take a look and then what? Talk to the locals and research the past transactions of the whole town to see if you can find any price trends. It's too hard. I mean, you can go down for a holiday one week, but yeah, you probably can't know a lot about the area or the past trends in one week. So that's why I think that investing overseas is it's a bit harder. And of course, investing in overseas, there are other risks as well. It's not as simple as Singapore. But what I learned from this is that if you ever want to invest in properties overseas, but you're in Singapore, a good thing or a very important thing to accept is that you really need an expert to guide you along. And once you understand that, then I think your job is to do research in the market to find the experts who you think can guide you, who you think that their research is reliable who can, and, and is good enough to guide you forward. And then once you've found that expert that you think is suitable for you, you can further filter through the resources that they provide you according to the factors, according to your own financial situation and your yield expectations. And from there, I think you can come to a better substantiated decision whether to invest in the property or not. 